We welcome everyone joining us on our final edition of the Stingers Up Sacramento State Football Podcast. I'm Jason Ross. Sad to say it is our final edition for the 2023 season because the season came to an end last weekend in South Dakota. Vermilion, South Dakota, in the first ever matchup between the Coyotes and the Hornets, but it's the three seed that moves on with the victory. We will recap that. We'll also get kind of a season finale interview and conversation with the head coach, Andy Thompson, to look back on the year and look ahead to the offseason for Sacramento State football. So let's get into the game, though. Last Saturday in South Dakota and Vermilion, it was the Coyotes, the three seed. That got it done because of the way it began. Their defense was good. You could just tell that. Their stats suggested it. The way they played suggested it. And the Hornet defense, though, was hanging tough early on. Each team uh, couldn't do much early. Finally, the Coyotes had a promising drive, but the Hornets held them to just three. So it was 3 nothing. And then the Hornets would make one of their a few mistakes in the game as they committed the first turnover. Second and 15, Bennett to throw, looks over the middle, ball tipped, intercepted. It was in the hands of Carlos Hill, then picked off by Josh Gaines off the tip at the Hornet 34-yard line. So 3 nothing after this point with the turnover. Coyotes on the move. We transition to the very early part of the second quarter, and the Coyotes convert a third and long to get the game's first touchdown. All right, trips left. Galbraith is the tight end to the right. He's one of their best receivers. He goes in motion. Now back to throw is Bauman. Throws toward the end zone in traffic. Caught. Touchdown. Oh, the Hornet defense looked like it was there, but it's caught for a score. And it's Javion Phelps into the end zone. 9-0 South Dakota. I'm not sure the receivers ran perfect routes because two of them ended up right behind each other, but the pass was right on target. A play fake to start it. And then a lobbed pass in the middle. And did you see the receiver behind there crossing the same route? But the Hornet defenders didn't pick it up in time. So 10-0 at this point. Coyotes or Coyotes with the lead. And then another costly turnover for Sacramento State. And this one not only was a turnover, but a scoop and a score. Bennett Luce looks like another busted play. He'll keep it. Oh, and lost the ball. It's loose. And South Dakota's picked it up. And they're going to take it back for a score. Mikey's Grace goes the distance on the fumble by Bennett. It's a 53-yard return, and now South Dakota is up 16-0. Bennett got hit up very high on the body instead of a normal tackle up around the shoulder, and it forced the ball to squirt out of there. So it's 17-0, and we're 15 minutes and 43 seconds into the game. Down three scores, Hornets. We're in a bad way, and it would get worse because starting quarterback Caden Bennett would get hurt. Well, how did the Hornet offense now answer back and regroup? Caden Bennett. Last two two of his last oh, two plays, no! and he fumbled it out of his hand, scoops it up. Now we'll look to create something, and Caden Bennett got something out of nothing. It just squirted out of his hands Wow! like a bar of so. Oh, and Caden's hurt. Yeah, Caden is definitely hurt. He's favoring that right shoulder. Oh, no, that's the end So Carson. Bennett. Carson Camp comes in. Well, this is Disney movie for you. Carson Camp played two years at South Dakota. I heard some of the crowd knows it. I heard a yeah. few boos from the crowd because he transferred from South Dakota. Yeah, they are booing. He is hearing the boos right now for Carson Camp on second down and nine. Camp to throw. Steps up in the pocket. Looks downfield. It's caught by Carlos Hill. Hill advances it for a Hornet first down. He was ripped down by his jersey from one hand while give, on his back by Mogensen. Give this crowd credit for knowing that that was camp because, yep. remember, Conklin has been playing, and he's 17. This crowd knew that their former quarterback was in. He went in the portal and came to Sac State. So at this point, it's looking 
bleak for the Hornets. You got your starting quarterback hurt. Carson Camp hasn't played in weeks, but we knew this going in that the coaching staff was looking at Camp, gave him a lot of intel during practice about South Dakota, where he transferred from, and they were going to go to him if they needed to, and in this case, they needed to because Caden got hurt. And so Carson Camp came in, led a drive, and finally the Hornets would score. What does Bobby Freskis call here? A lot of times they show the wing tee. That's the formation they have. Koontz is in the backfield. Flanked on the right is Tau Tolliver. On the left, it's Fulcher. Fulcher goes in motion. Toss to Fulcher. Fulcher up the middle. Goes low, and he's in. Touchdown, Hornets. On that wing tee inside toss from camp to Fulcher, powers off that right side into the end zone, and the Hornets are on the board. It is not easy to score against this defense from beyond the two-yard line, and that was just great pulling guards. Beautiful job up front, and Fulcher got low to get that extra momentum to get in there. So that drive capped off with that score, 10 plays, 75 yards. Hornets in the game now at 17-7. The very next drive, though, a complete breakdown of that young defensive secondary with all the guys that were still hurt. Five secondary players were out again in playoff round number two for the Hornets. A 75-yard touchdown to tight end J.J. Galbraith put South Dakota up 24-7. And then the Hornets didn't get a first down on their next drive, and so it was back on the defense to try to keep the Hornets in the game, and they would do that by forcing a fumble. Running left is Tice. Tice has the first down. Tice pinballs off two. Hornets trying to strip the ball but not tackle Tice. Oh, they did. They did strip it. They did. And I think they recovered the ball. With time running out before the half, it was important to the Hornets to get on the board, whether it was a field goal or a touchdown, well, in this case, it was another TD right before the half. Here we go. Big call for Bobby Frescas, this Hornet offense. They use the timeout. They're going to go full house backfield, three lined across, back at the six-yard line. And Fulcher, Tau Tolliver, and Kuntz. Camp under center. Gives to Fulcher. Fulcher runs right. He's undercut, dives forward. He's short. He gets to the half-yard line. Touchdown on one guy. Oh, he does Touchdown. get in. Touchdown. Wow, yep. touchdown Sacramento State. I watched Andy Thompson. He ran yeah. down the field to call a timeout. You saw Andy. You saw the two guys on this side. The, the official on the other side signaled touchdown, but now they're lining up like it's – yeah, it is a touchdown. They're gonna, they'll are gonna. they look okay. at this, whether or not he got in. It didn't look like from up here that he made it, but they'll look at it again. What the, a run by Fulcher. The official that had the best view gave him the touchdown. I didn't think he made it, but I was watching the, the far side official. You were watching the near side. So 24-14, you're feeling okay at halftime, though the Hornets hadn't played that well, and you got an injury to your starting quarterback. Third quarter produced one score, and it was a touchdown for South Dakota. So 31-14, each team exchanged field goals in the fourth quarter. The first one was Schreiner for the Hornets, making it 31-17. And after a stop, that is maybe the window of opportunity that the Hornets had. They had a long throw from camp to Anderson Grover in the end zone would have been a heck of a catch. That would have been really exciting if the Hornets got that because it would have been a seven-point game with about nine minutes to go. Instead, no conversion there for the Hornets. Leyland would boot a field goal for South Dakota, extend the lead to 34-17, and then the final touchdown of the year for Sacramento State. All right, here we go. Third and goal from the three-yard line. Can the Hornets get a few more points to end their season? Snap comes in. Camp, fade to the corner. It's caught. Touchdown, Gibson. Nicely done. Camp to Gibson in the corner of the end zone, and the Hornets get a few more points. They now trail 34-23. Gibson needed that. That was well thrown. and Yeah, really well thrown because the coverage was tight on that play. Gibson came into the game with 32 receptions. 
Well, Schreiner now on for the extra point, 34-23. Obviously, what's left to decide the outcome of this game is can the Hornets execute an onside kick? Not once, but twice. Well, the Hornets couldn't convert the onside kick. The season would end there. A good year, maybe not a great year, but a good year for the Hornets. They get back to the postseason, win a playoff game. That was historic. First ever FCS road playoff win, and uh, the Hornets end up their season losing the finale there to South Dakota. We want to wrap things up, though, with a conversation I had earlier in the week with the head coach, Andy Thompson. So let's wrap up the season with the head coach, Andy Thompson here. Coach, I know you wish you were getting ready for North Dakota State at this point, um, but let's look back at your first full season as a head coach. What would you learn about yourself uh, kind of on-the-job experience? Um, I think I learned that, you know, each week is different. And um, trying to get a team ready to be at their best is is difficult. Um, I thought in moments during the season, we really did really did um, look good and, and played good football. And then other times, there's there's a lot things we need to improve. I know that sounds very generic, but um, going through the process of being the head coach, um, I learned a lot day to day and weekly. I think the one thing I took from it is um, the consistency we need to um, have to be conference champions and to go farther in the playoff has to improve. Um, I think our effort and our um, state of kids trying is is awesome, and I think that really helped us in our in our wins. Um, but we got to continue to try to push the envelope with the details of every part of the program, and um, I'm hoping. Uh, learning from the experiences I had this year that I'll, I'll get a chance to help everybody with that. So when you're chasing that consistency, I mean, I'm sure that's not just Saturdays. Is that, you know, workouts, games, practices, films, st- like what, what are what are those elements to help you get to there? Every day, yeah. Yeah, I think that's for sure. And then, you know, listening. I got to do uh, listening. I, I spent the last three days listening to the – the uh, coaches and the players and getting feedback and then evaluating. I think that's the other word that comes, uh, evaluating what we need to do and how we need to do it and then putting a plan together on how we're going to go attack that. And so, um, you know, listening as a leader, um, you got to do because some of your best answers will come from people um, that are in your program that know, hey, why don't we try this or do that? And then as, as a leader, you have to evaluate and say yes or no, we're going to do it this way and we got to go forward. So trying to do that, but I do think we'll have a plan. Um, we've got some guys coming back that are good football players. Um, we're recruiting every day. Um, that's a huge part of this next step in the next two weeks and, and really until June 1st and when we start summer, we'll keep adding to our roster um, to try to make it as strong as possible so that we'll have a great fall. We, we need to continue to build depth and um, some of the issues we had this year were, you know, the injuries came up and, and uh, having enough depth so that we can play good football with not just um, all young guys. And those guys got a chance to improve and, and they'll get better from it, but we gotta have we got to have more depth in our roster from juniors, seniors, sophomores. I'm curious on kind of those exit meeting talks you had with coaches that have been here for a while or new coaches versus players as well. Was that Were you hearing the same universal theme kind of from the players and coaches on on the year yeah um you know when you got as many players and many coaches as we have um you get a lot of different opinions um 
which is <laughs> can be good and good and bad. Yeah. But I do think um, um, we have a lot of people that have been a part of those four consecutive playoff runs. Yeah. And as a head coach, you don't, you can't, you can't put a. Um, um, they know what it takes to get there. How we get to the next step and how we continue to improve um, from the guys that came in to the guys that are here is is really what we're all striving for. And I do think that comes with a day-to-day routine. Guys get confidence when they are in a routine and they can see themselves getting better and improving. And same with the coaches. So I don't want to, like I said, when I took the job, I want to try to build on this thing, not think that I know everything and we got to change a bunch of stuff. There are things that we have to adjust, but we want to keep the continuity that we've had here at Sac State because there's a lot of people in this building that care a heck of a lot about this program. And I do think people that are successful care. Um, and that's a huge part. And so we want to keep building on um, that care factor and make sure the details are along with that, that care. I want to ask you about the final game, the way it ended, uh, South Dakota and the playoffs. It, it was such a early deficit. I think you guys fought the whole way through, and there were some opportunities. Just kind of your overall feel of, of that uh, the season finale, the loss to South Dakota. I think anytime you're playing a, a good football team like they were a number three ranked team for a reason, um, you have to come out and, and start fast, and we, and we really did not do that. Um, and there was multiple reasons. Um, I don't think it was a lack of, of detail on that. I think there was um, – just some miscues that really hurt and then trying to climb back in it. When you're trying to climb back into it, then you got to be perfect. you got to take some chances that you normally wouldn't take, and then it gets it gets difficult. And I, I, I wish, you know, you can always say this, but I wish um, there was a couple plays here and there early on that would have adjusted um, possibly how that game was played. Um, I do think um, you saw the resilience, and I, if you had a word, you heard me say it all year. They they were resilient. They they would we would make a mistake, and then we'd pounce back, and we'd go down and score. And then we, on defense, you'd think we were about ready to give something up, and we'd we'd make a stand. So uh, I do think our, our guys um, always kept fighting, but we we got to play a lot cleaner game. Um, we can't we can't turn the ball over. We can't have the penalties. We hadn't had any penalties the week before, and then those crept back in. So. Uh, again, looking at our preparation, I don't think there was a ton of difference between the preparation from North Dakota to South Dakota, uh, but I do think um, the environment was a little bit different, and that affected some things. And I do think how we um, dealt with the start of the game was yeah. much different. Yeah, it was interesting. We were during the broadcast, we're saying, you know, the Disney movie ends with Carson Camp finishing that deal, and it was pretty amazing that he had a chance to come in off the injury. I thought he was battling, you know, as much as he possibly could. Uh, what a unique situation! You I mean you played three QBs and it ends, starts the year with camp, ends with camp. Just how about for Carson himself to to be put in that situation where he played and trying to lead you guys on the comeback? Yeah, I, I do think it, you know it was a, one of those things where he had had a good week in practice and you know Caden was battling. He had a shoulder and he battled, you know, the second half at North Dakota and. Really thought he played so well that you know he, he did it, definitely deserved it, and we were all behind him. But if he couldn't go, and unfortunately he got hurt early on in that game, that Carson would give us the best opportunity to come in, uh, knowing that team. And he did some he did some really good things. Um, he was a team player all year, uh, like all the quarterbacks were. 
Um, ideally, I don't think you know you have a season where you want to play three quarterbacks. You'd love to have a guy, and and that guy, you know, goes through and, and is you know successful. But I think our whole year was about whatever we need to do to try to get that win. We're going to try to do as a staff and as as players, and to see him play as well as he did, I really wasn't surprised. Wish we would have had a couple more. We were really close on it, you know, on that post route late. Um, would have made a one-score game, but I thought he did a really good job of coming in and, and competing and, and giving us a spark. All right, so what's next for the Hornets? Obviously, recruiting is the pipeline. I mean, that's the the lifeline of a program. Um, I don't think you're. I think we're in a window where you can't really talk about players yet. But what type of you know you're looking for high school players, portal players, transfers? Like, what's is there a philosophy of recruiting this offseason? Yeah, the philosophy for sure um, is we got to be more physical. We want to find guys that play physical, tackling, blocking. Um, and then we, we got to do a great job of finding guys that are going to play really hard and play with extreme effort. Um, from any level? From any level, yeah. from any place. Yeah. Um, and we've opened that up a lot more. Um, I, I've got home visits for the next um, eight nights. I'll be uh, – in the southern part of the state for the state championship games. I'm going to be uh, back up north. So um, it's a sprint until December 20th. Uh, and then we'll get a little bit of time to rest. Um, but we're going to be adding players throughout the semester um, until probably June 1st. Mm. Um, that's kind of the last window now before we get everybody here in the summer to get them going in that direction. And we're going to try to, again, adapt with college football and what's going on. Our culture won't change in the fact that we want guys that want to get their degree here at Sac State, that want to play for the Hornets and play at a high level. And then as coaches, we want to give them a great experience. And so we're looking for guys that are like-minded that way. And uh, the great thing is there's a lot of opportunities to see different types of kids. Um, And the school here has so much to offer. It's an easy sell for a lot of players. So we're going to keep working on that a lot, yeah. um, and it uh, should be fun. I'm, I'm excited to attack it. Our guys will be back. they got finals next week, and then they'll be back January 20th to, to start the offseason. But a lot of guys will be sticking around Sacramento, throwing and catching and, and lifting. How about, I mean, just nature of so many players, the wandering eye, people in your own program that are thinking portal. How do you handle situations like that if those that want to go? Yeah, we, we, we've handled it already. Uh, we'll handle it every day. Um, my philosophy is try to treat these guys as well as I possibly can, and hopefully they really want to be here. Um, the more people we can have and help financially um, with any type of, of deal um, through the school, through NIL, through doing anything that they need to make their experience better, I'm all for. At the same time, you know, when people give you things, you know, you got to work really hard. And uh, it doesn't do any good if uh, we got a bunch of guys that get things, but they feel like they're entitled and they stop working and uh, or they have a different attitude. And so the things you can control is our attitude and our effort, and that's really what I try to do as a coach with these guys. I try to, hey, Coach Thompson's positive. He's helping me with everything, and he works really hard. I want to be here. Yeah. And uh, that's that's what we're going to try to do. And, and so far, um, there's been a lot of guys that, that want to do that. And, and uh, we'll find some more guys that want to be a part of this thing because it's, it's a great place to live and a great place to go to school. 
lastly for you you played in the sport obviously you've coached it now years mm-hmm. um just you have to adapt you guys all do is this good is this this whole portal thing the amount of people at every level that have gone into the portal and seemingly changing schools quite a bit what just your overall thought of that as a former college player and just college coach i think it's reported on so much more than it used to be mm-hmm. so i think i think it's been going on for quite a while it was just a little bit more never in the same conference mm-hmm. Um, and then the rule to go up compared to going down. You should you could always you know transfer down, but you used to never be able to have the opportunity because you'd had to sit a year to go up. And I think that's changed a lot of things. Where instead of you know bigger schools just recruiting high school kids, why would I recruit a high school kid when I can see this guy at Sac State doing really well? I don't have to guess. He's playing against college opponents. Well, I'm going to try to call that school. That's changed. That's made it difficult for kids to know, hey, should I stay or do I go up there? And then um, f- there's all these guys in front of me, right. and I didn't really get an opportunity. Um, so it's made it more competitive on every level. I'm not sure we have enough um, time yet to see if it's been good or bad for people. Um, I know at Sac State in the past, we've had some very good players that have transferred in here and have given a lot to this school. Um, I just take Grover this year. He came mm-hmm. from Washington State, hadn't had a ton of opportunities where he was at. He comes in here and he really helped our football program. He's an outstanding young man. You know, he's going to get his degree. He's from the, the valley. He's getting to do it. So that's the that's the positive story. The hard story. I just would take an example of, you know, Kevin Thompson. He's runner up for the Peyton Award. He leaves. He goes and finishes at Washington. Now, he might have had a great experience, but at least playing time-wise, right. he never even got a shot on the field. Yeah. And he finished not even getting an opportunity to play. Yeah. Um, those are the pluses and minuses yeah. of the transfer portal. Um, I feel like people are happy when they feel like they're in control of their own destiny. Mm-hmm. As coaches, we get to sign up. Yes, we want to coach or we don't. Um, so I'm probably more about that. At the same time, we are a part of a team, and you have to decide, am I going to be a part of the team or am I not? And there's clear boundaries on that, and um, we want guys that want to be here because, again, this school and alumni are giving so many resources, and we're going to continue to try to ask for the best experience with those resources, but they're giving a lot to this program. Well, Coach, answer. Yeah, no, good answer, though. Congrats on your success in year one. I know you're excited already for year two. Your work never ends. Best of luck in recruiting, and um, we're already looking forward to next season. Thank you. Thank you for all you do for this department and our football program. It's, it's awesome to work with you. Awesome. Thanks, Coach. All right. All right, thank you so much to all of you. Again, thank you to Coach Thompson, all of you that have made this a regular part of your routine, listening each and every week. That is it for me, and for now, maybe we'll have another uh, pop-up podcast, maybe after recruiting or whatever, but certainly we'll be ready to go for another season next year. Again, we appreciate all of you out there, Hornet fans, that have followed this program, and it's been so much fun the last couple years watching them succeed. Congrats to the senior class. Thank you to them, the winningest class in school history. Three back-to-back-to-back championships, uh, four playoff runs. That's truly incredible. That group, they will be missed. 17 seniors playing their final games as Hornets, but... Uh, they've built a, uh, raised a bar, built a legacy, and now it's about improving that in years to come. Again, thank you all for listening. I'm Jason Ross, and that's it for this edition of the Stingers Up Sacramento State Football Podcast.